0: Underdog Sports MLB Show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Podorski and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 215 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Podorski. Bryce and I experienced a first this week. Uh, Usually when you're talking about your apartment buildings, the commonly expected phrase is you got locked out of your building which is normal. You forget your keys, you lock the door randomly, I don't know, stuff happens. That's a very common thing. This week, I came very close to um and Bryce did in fact today get locked inside of our apartment building. Um shout out to the mailman who was delivering the mail for the first time and must be the strongest mailman in the world. He must be on mailman PEDs of some kind that he ripped the doorknob off to the inside of our building so you can't get out from the inside unless somebody props the door open. was propped open for 72 hours locksmith still hasn't come which is a whole separate issue that's not
1: that's not actually true what happened is uh oh tell tell the story for me as well so what happened is the locksmith came and given how old the door is they weren't able to just fix it and get the new handle so they're coming back again today and if that doesn't work they're just going to rip the door
0: i think i'm and replace the door I think I'm team ripped the door, door off. It's like camp style.
1: You screw up the door, you, you do this, you lose the door. Camp's old policy, shout out to Bren. Her old policy was if you break a, too many windows, your consequences is you lose the door.
0: And to be very clear, we have not broken any windows, at least to my knowledge, in the apartment. I haven't broken a window in my entire life outside of camp. I don't even think I've come close. I, I can't think of a single situation that I would have even been in to remotely do that. Like my aim sometimes when I throw a ball is terrible, but not terrible enough to throw a baseball in my backyard through the window.
1: Is that just a classic summer camp thing, breaking windows? Cause it seems like unconscionable I to think do that in the real world. I
0: think world. it's summer camp or you just said the real world or like a TV show or a movie.
1: Right. Willingly, you are have to willingly breaking a window. <laughs> it's like, you're such an asshole. The last time like going I through this now, shout out to Teddy, and I apologize for another camp shot to uh, forever breaking a window because, like, speaking this part through, you seem like it's reckless behavior to break windows.
0: I've never. Last time I saw somebody break a window was unintentional. It was friend of the podcast Sam, and it was during a drinking event. And it was actually one of the coolest things I've ever seen in college. He got so angry that he basically karate chopped his way through a window smashed the window busted his hand and we all looked at each other and said holy shit that was cool we are done for the night
1: <laughs> there's something special about the sound of a breaking window a, a broken window especially
0: you uh, especially with an open palm slap it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen
1: i wish you had that on
0: video i'd watch that on video. all right broken windows broken doors aside There was a little bit of baseball to talk about this week. A lot of this is going to be uh, our first pop culture-centered show in a while. Um, I saw the Yogi Bear movie, It Ain't Over. I have some thoughts on that, and I want to bring us into the larger conversation of why that movie was made. Uh, But to start off, as always, we're going to do our BravadaSportsBook.com picks of the week. Second week in a row, we're going to pick a Shohei Ohtani game. Last week, we picked it right, actually. Uh, It was Angels-Astros, and we both agreed it was a Fromber game. Fromber balled out. He's one of our players of the week. Shohei and the Angels— we're visiting Baltimore. Grayson Rodriguez on the bump for the Orioles. Minus one and a half, plus 128, minus 130 for the Angels. Plus one and a half, minus 154, plus 110 for the Orioles. This time I'm going to go Angels, minus 130. I don't think Otani's want to start in like three or four starts at this point. He's due. Our good old logic, he's due. Also, shout out to us for picking Julio Rodriguez the homer Saturday.
1: Where where was that game? Where is this game at?
0: In Baltimore, Camden Yards. Orioles will win. I kind of like Shohei to Homer as the pitcher, too, as a prop bet.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Um, There's not a lot of random competitive games. Let's go Twins and Dodgers, two playoff teams right now. Pablo Lopez versus Thor. This game's in Los Angeles. Minus 1.5, plus 152, plus 100 for the Twins. My, plus 1.5, minus 184, minus 118 for the Dodgers. Dodgers are hot right now. Uh, They just swept the Padres rumors of the Dodgers demise have been greatly exaggerated somebody even say by us maybe I would say that um, so all that said I'm gonna go twins plus 100 Thor just does not look very great
1: I I think the twins kind of ran out of runs against the Cubs this weekend they threw up a 16 spot at some point over the game over the weekend and I to I just give me the, the Dodgers at home that seems
0: safe Last game we're going to pick is the Yankees' first opener of the season. Naturally, they're doing it with a very unrested bullpen coming off a series against the Rays. Jimmy Cordero on the bump for the Yanks against Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays. Plus 1.5, minus 140, plus 144 for the Yanks. Minus 1.5, plus 116, minus 172 for Toronto. I am taking over 9, minus 122. The Yanks don't like Manoa. Manoa don't like the Yanks. just seems like there's going to be a lot of runs. I think the Blue Jays are going to win this game. 7-4.
1: The Yanks had a solid series against the Rays, but yeah. (sighs) Toronto's just a better baseball team. So give me Toronto minus one and a half.
0: And a Vlad homer. Vlad, you see that Superman slide he had this weekend? It was pretty epic.
1: He's, He's good. I mean, the Yankees are struggling. Give me Toronto. And I did not see the Vlad slide, but I did bet on him to homer multiple times. He is not, so he is due. He
0: he got airborne, like picture you and me on a slip and slide at camp. Airborne, like trying to show off in front of the kids.
1: He's a big dude, so that
0: oh, was- it was it was like an earth shatterer. I'll I'll have to check. All right, moving to the standings. Rays thirty one and eleven. Uh, four games up on the Orioles, 26 and 14. Toronto, 24 and 16, six back. 23 and 19, Yanks, eight back. Red Sox, 22 and 19, eight and a half back. Uh, right now, the two through four wild card teams in the American League, uh, about a quarter of the way done with the season now. Orioles, Blue Jays, Yanks in order. Red Sox, a half back. If the Yanks were in any other division, we'd be feeling great. I have two takeaways from this past week or so of baseball, uh, mostly as a Yankee fan. Three takeaways, actually. Takeaway number one Oakland's the worst team I've ever seen. They're in the running. They are one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They just, uh, it's even like Monday. Monday was Monday or Tuesday against the Yanks. They go out and Jordan Diaz has a three homer game, and the game was still a laugher. Like, do you know how hard it is for a player to homer three times and another guy homered as well? and for the game to just be a
1: complete laugher. This was on Tuesday. My apologies.
0: Uh, it's just really hard to do that.
1: That sounds an awful lot like Angel stats. You get Trout homered. and Trout, first player, has two homers in a game, and your team still it, It's just unbelievable there. Um, looking at the Rays, uh, look,
0: the Rays took care of business against the Yankees. I'm not even going to say took care of business. They split the series. So far from taking care of business. I just wonder, this Rays team has been so much fun to watch, but Drew Rasmussen, another one of their starters, is on the 60-day injured list. The bullpen, especially against the Yankees, looks overtaxed early. As incredible as the start is, and they bought themselves a ton of leeway, and and we've seen last year how beneficial an early start could be for a team in first place. I mean, the Yankees in the second half were a below-average team but had enough of a cushion from the first half to still win the division. I I just wonder if this Tampa team is going to have enough physically down the stretch to do what it does and to not even to do what needs to be done, but just to keep up this historic pace and keep trending as this hundred plus win team. Like they've been the first quarter of the season.
1: They trended to be a 162 win team for a while there. That's true. So they're already down from that. My guess I, that was probably the deepest team in baseball. They are. They're probably the best team in baseball. But they're at a point now. This franchise, it's. I think their World Series are bust. If they were any other, if they were any other team, they've been too good, too long, too close, competitive. For them not to have won at all by this point, and if it's not this year, then, then when?
0: I agree, because eventually you're going to have to pay a Rose Arena. You know, you have Wander lined up, but this is just one of those. Not only special teams, but you're also you're capitalizing on a down Yankees first month and change. The Blue Jays are good, but maybe not as good as we thought we were going to be. I mean, they're behind Baltimore. Um, So so I definitely agree with you at this point. And I'm interested to see if, you know, generally the Rays aren't buyers at the deadline. And in fact, some of their most recent ones have cost them big time. Uh, Do you know who the Rays gave up for two months of Nelson Cruz?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think where Nelson Cruz was before he went. Nelson Cruz came from Minnesota. That I do
0: not know. Joe Ryan, who's a good big league pitcher. You love Joe
1: Ryan.
0: Love Joe Ryan. Take the over strikeouts every time. All of which you just say, look, I think Tampa is going to be just fine. 738 winning percent is ridiculous. I could just see not the wheels falling off, but the wheels slowing down in the near future. Um, and as a Yankee fan, we talked about two weeks ago when we looked at this two-week stretch of a schedule couple wins would be great for us. Um, I think we put the Bavaro over under total at like five and a half, six wins over a two-week stretch. Honestly, I leave this two-week stretch thinking this team still has a ton of holes. And Nestor's been terrible, which is a whole separate problem. But all those games against Tampa, for the most part, in the past two weeks, last week and this week included, it didn't feel like any game, for the most part, that we were just completely outclassed. Like, even yesterday, the final score was 8-7, which is not indicative of how close it was both ways, but we were up 4-3 before Albert Abreu comes in and gives up a grand slam. Obviously, that's part of the game, but actually having watched the Yanks and the Rays on the field at the same time, I feel much better about how close the two teams are, especially knowing knock-on-wood reinforcements are on the way from the Yanks. Who
1: are the reinforcements, be?
0: Well, Severino's has a rehab start tomorrow in Somerset. I mean, that's huge for us if we can get. Even if you get Sebby going five, six innings to start, it's just so much better than Clark Schmidt or Brito, or even Nestor right now. I mean, right now you're basically doing this with Garrett and the every other Domingo Hermann start, and even the good Hermann starts. It seems like Boone manages to fuck up, fuck it up with the bullpen every time.
1: I mean, is it Boone fucking it up? Or is the bullpen just not that good?
0: I think it's somewhere in between. I I, I think my example is yesterday, if it's a basis-loaded game and you're up one and Marnaccio is available anyway, why are you using him down a couple runs when that's clearly the high leverage spot of the game? Like, you, you can't manage into the ninth when you have to get through the fifth or sixth first, I guess is my point. Fair. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on the Yanks. AL Central, Cleveland 23 and 18, or sorry, Minnesota 23 and 18, three and a half up on Cleveland. Detroit, three and a half back, 18 and 21. White Sox, Royals rounding out the division there. How many teams in this division do you think finish over 500? The AL East. AL Central.
1: AL Central? Two?
0: If that, like, I, I love Cleveland and I don't think Terry lets them finish below 500. I, I just think you're seeing early on with Cleveland how much last season for them may have just been lightning in a bottle and a very fun special group because that team goes as Jose Ramirez goes offensively. And it hasn't been going well so far.
1: He hasn't been going offensively. Correct. I just trust, I just trust their dugout. I trust Terry too much. Expect them to finish. Dugout.
0: AOS Texas, 25 and 15, four up on Houston, 21 and 19 angels, four and a half back Mariners, five back at 500. Azer, Nine and 33. That's unbelievable that we're a quarter of the way done with the season. And there's a team that has fewer than – doesn't have double-digit wins so far. Um, That's mind-blowing to me. And it's crazy that, you know, we're – it's May 15th, and there's an ace for the Rangers that's very much in the Cy Young race, and it's not Jacob DeGrom. Very interesting development. More on that later.
1: I, I think it's what we said last week on this Texas team, where I took them to win the World Series. I think they're a playoff team with or without DeGrom. But a healthy DeGrom in October, I think they're my favorite roster in the AL.
0: Puts them over the top. And, and, and again, they've been putting putting up all of these runs. Uh, they have 254 runs scored. is second in the American League, second in all of baseball to Tampa. And they've basically done this without Corey Seager the duration of the season.
1: That's not I – mean, Seager is – Seager's – they get some $300 million –
0: I think it was like 325.
1: That's a $300 million shortstop that they're leading the AL, the competitive division without. So I, I'm i all in on this Texas thing. Braves
0: 25 and 15, five up on the Phillies at 500, uh, 20 and 21. Marlins five and a half back, tied with the Mets, Nats 17 and 23. The records are a little bit different, but they're separated by one game in the uh, wins column. So I'll just ask, quarter of the season done so far. Bigger, I mean, I'll throw the Yankees in here too, even though they have the best record of the three at 23 and 19. Biggest disappointment so far, Yankees, Mets, or Astros? I think it's got to be the Mets.
1: I think the Mets can hide behind injuries and not having Verlander and Scherzer pieces of the season. The Astros also have Altuve coming back. I, the Astros are still... I think the Astros... The Yankees have the tough... I'd say Yankees or Mets just because their divisions are tougher. The Astros have remained more competitive within their own division.
0: The flip side of that is for the Yankees, other than the Red Sox, we've had a ton of divisional games so far, so a front-loaded division schedule when you don't play the teams as much could be very beneficial for the team down the stretch. Um, yeah, Mets too. I mean, look, Mets to their credit now bringing up Beatty and Alvarez. They're realizing... Time is now. Let's cut the shit with some of these veterans and just, you know, call up these top prospects and keep the ball rolling. Um, AL Central, what a brutal couple of weeks for the Pirates, man. I mean, we were talking about three weeks ago. They were the toast of the town. I think they were 20 and 12. Does that sound right? All right, nine. That's even worse. Uh, Brewers are now one and a half up in first place, 22 and 19. Brewers, 23 and 17. Pirates, one and a half back, 22 and 19. Cubs, Reds, Cardinals rounding out the division there. The way every team is looking right now, and the Cardinals, I think, have the capacity to turn this around. Arenado homered in all three games of the Red Sox series. If he turns it around, that's huge for the Cardinals. I just look at the Brewers team. They're doing this without Woodruff, and it looks like they're going to have just enough offense. The bullpen's good again. I I don't know. I love this Pirates team. Mitch Keller, as I'll explain soon, is going to be the new guy that I champion uh, for the rest of the season in the vein of Marcus Simeon. Second half, uh, Zach Gallon, etc. But I don't know. This Pirates team or this Brewers team to me looks like my pick to win the central the rest of the way. Don't sleep
1: on St. Louis. The St. Louis thing is you've cool. seen they them cool. do it before many times. They can turn it around like if they were in an if they were in either East Division or or honestly, either West where there was a juggernaut. I think their ship would have sailed already. But you like Milwaukee. Milwaukee's fine, but they're not. I mean if Milwaukee goes I don't know, if they go on a ten and twenty five stretch, would that be shocking? Probably oh not. Not in the slightest. Their lineup is that. Yeah. I've also come
0: to the conclusion there's a former brewer that I would like the Yankees to sign in the off season. Prince Fielder? Well, that's a given, but given our current medical predicaments. I'm not sure he's the greatest guy to sign. Um, I really like Hunter Renfro. I I just think it's hard to find a guy who's a consistent 30-homer corner outfielder at this point who's an absolute stud defensively. I think his game would play in the stadium very well, and to my knowledge does not have any glaring injury concerns. That's because he hasn't been a Yankee yet. Also, But he's an angel right now, and he's healthy. Fair, fair, fair. NOS, Dodgers, 26 and 15, three games up on the D backs. Padres, 19 and 22, seven back. We have to include them in the most disappointing conversation as well. Giants, eight and a half back. Um, Rockies, nine games back. Uh, there's a lot of interesting parts in this division. Somebody wrote an article today for The Athletic, and I read it, and it talked about the idea of how. The biggest difference between the Dodgers and the Padres, and part of the reason he thinks they have such, the Dodgers still have an edge, the Dodgers have a carefully constructed team identity. And granted, you take it with a grain of salt because they're two best players, Mookie and Freddie Freeman, were acquired via trades, but they've carefully built this team while the Padres kind of just threw a bunch of darts on the wall with dollars saying, this is what we're going to do.
1: Any thoughts on that? I would think of all the sports where it works. Baseball is the one that makes the most sense. Absolutely. So like yeah, you, you, I mean, it's not like anybody's playing. COVID. Everybody's pretty independent on the baseball field. Like one guy strikes out, doesn't have anything to do with the next guy, really. So you can just throw add soda to a lineup, add Machado, and I feel like that's kind of underselling what the Padres are doing. Also, that seems kind of a slight at San Diego. It's like, well, so what, What's the issue? They they got both. They what would you have? What would you not have done? That's oh, day?
0: it's 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 not an issue. I I think it's just kind of is what it is.
1: Like it's not like the Dodger. What? So does Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts? Do they not count as carefully constructed roster decisions? They like, they just spent a bunch of money and they traded for the best guy. They signed the best guy. Is that? Is how is that different than what San Diego? Did?
0: I think it's possibly the idea of just fewer
1: moving parts in general. But I'm not sure. That seems like people are just trying to pick on the Padres.
0: I don't know. They talked a lot of shit. They put Clayton Kershaw, you know, crying on the Jumbotron. And since then, Kershaw's looked like it's 2011. And the Padres have also looked like it's 2011 and not in a good way.
1: They were bad in 2011. No, 2011 uh... –
0: I'm assuming they were not good that year. They might have been. I think 2010 is the year they blew
1: the league division. For the Giants.
0: I'll take a look real quick. I'll fact check myself. 2011 Padres, 71 to 91. Yeah, that's yeah. not good. No, not good at all. Here's one last note I have about the standings, and I want you to let me know what what would what would have been through 41 games. The Giants were 17 and 23.
1: I think they had just traded Agon before that season started. So.
0: Correct. Because that was the fried chicken year in Boston. If I had told you coming into today that Lamont Wade Jr. would be second in baseball in OBP, and that on baseball references version of pitchers' war, Alex Cobb would be leading all pitchers in war, what would the Bavada over under for you have been for the Giants' win total through 40 games versus the 17 wins they actually have? 24. Tough 24. break. 24. Tough break for the Giants to have both of those guys playing like that.
1: I mean, on the positive, judge missed time for them. That was, uh, Correa hasn't been great. it has been good. He's been Correa.
0: Seems like we're gasping at straws for them. But, yes, you are right. It's it's a little bit less painful if you're a Giants fan. I was with a bunch of Giants fans this weekend at the Yankee game, and we were talking about just the, the need for them to just bring in a star. And we all agreed that, you know, Correa wasn't the guy, and it was an overpay. But he thinks it's Shohei or Buster. The fans are going to really start to lose it a little bit. And that'd be a
1: good get. Kind of sauce two two birds, one stone.
0: League leaders, Ronald Acuna, 36 runs scored, also leading with 54 hits. Uh, He's currently the favorite to win the National League MVP at, it's the beauty of being in New Jersey. He is at plus 165 there.
1: That's low for this. That's low for this early in the season.
0: Doubles, Matt Chapman with 17. Triples, Brandon Marsh, Ahmed Rosario, Bobby Witt with four. Pete, 13 home runs. Dallas Garcia, 42 ribbies. Soto 36 walks we've also been we've been dumping on Soto a lot he's had a big two weeks uh that average is up to 255 with a 403 on base still not Superstar level but we give credit where credits due Esther Ruiz 18 steals. Arias 382 average uh Cunha and Arias 437 on base percentage Brent Rooker 650 slugging and Rucker leading baseball with a 1.07 OPS pitch out- future Atlanta Brave? oh 100 percent Shane McClanahan, I'm not surprised he hasn't played on the Braves yet because he's played on so many teams. McClanahan, seven wins. Sonny Gray, 139. E- I mean, the top five in baseball right now in ERA, a quarter of the season in. There's five guys in the ERA under two Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Alex Cobb, Justin Steele, and Bryce Elder.
1: Big day for Bryces.
0: There's going to be more Bryces to come. You don't even know the half of it. I Saints, do. Emmanuel Class, 14. Innings pitched, Logan Webb, 59. NL West, him and Zach Allen, 1-2. Spencer Strider, 79 strikeouts. Whip, Tyler Wells, the Orioles, 0.72. Averaged against is loading on my computer and doesn't want to come up. So it's going to remain a complete mystery to us. Bless you. We'll tell you next week. All right, players of the week. A lot of favorites here. Some new names, too. Shout out to my guy, Cedric C.J. Mullins. Friday night, he became the first Orioles player to set up the brand new Bath celebration when his fifth inning triple led to the soaking of fans of 156 seats. Section 86 in the left center field at Camden Yards. Uh, later on in the game, though, he hit for the cycle with a three-run homer in the eighth. It was a 12th cycle in franchise history. Powered the O's to a 6-3 win over the Pirates. Uh, he singled in the third, doubled in the seventh. Where does Cedric Mullins rank for you? I mean, obviously that year, a couple of years ago, in 2021, uh, he finished ninth in the MVP voting and had a 30-30 season. Where does he rank for you in, like, the pantheon of big league outfielders?
1: And what what what, what kind of questions
0: then? You could just be, like, a general subcategory. I'm not going to ask you to, like, rank him behind players, but, like, like
1: what do you 25. think of him as a player? He's, like, yeah, he, he's good, but he's, he's, he's fine. I say good, not great. He's like, what are you 25th? Sure. He, would you rather have him or Brian Reynolds? Cedric, but I love Cedric. I think that's the problem. You were trying to get me to say, is, what do you want? Top five? No, that's crazy. I think top
0: 20. Okay. I'll give him top 20. It all depends on the power. Cause you know, he's going to steal 30 bags, but there's a big difference between 2021 20, when he hit 30, 30 versus 16 and 34 yes come on yes. I blindly love I blindly love my guys but you know I'm also rational for the most part yep at least I'd like to think so uh Chris Bassett, He threw the Blue Jays' first nine-inning shutout in nearly eight years, going back to Mark Burley on 2015. It had been 1,176 games since that shutout and 889 games since Marcus Stroman threw the last nine-inning complete game for the Blue Jays in 2017. Both were the longest droughts in baseball history. The 3-0 win against the Braves, two hits, two walks, eight strikeouts, really stepped up for my fantasy team. Needed it.
1: Our random guys team this week that we mentioned on the podcast, off to a good start with um, Prince, Prince, Agon, and
0: Burley. Got some historical significance this week in the players of the week. Uh, Kenley Jansen is now the seventh pitcher in history to reach 400 saves in their career. Uh, Wednesday closed out a 4-2 victory over the Braves, his former team, last season. Uh, He was pumping absolute heat, 98.7 miles per hour, which was his hardest pitch since 2016. Joins Mariano, Trevor Hoffman, Lee Smith, Francisco Rodriguez, John Franco, and Billy Wagner uh, in the 400 save club naturally just because it's how baseball works. He then blew his next two saves in pretty debilitating fashion, but he's still in the 400 saves club. You look at this list. Mariano was unanimous hall of famer. Trevor Hoffman got in on the third time. Lee Smith got in via the veterans club. I think we both think K rod eventually gets in John Franco, John Franco, probably not Wagner. I think gets in as soon as next year. Uh, so all of which is to say, can a uh, two part, two part provide odds question. One Vada odds of Kenley Jantz getting into the hall. And two, assuming Craig Kimbrell also gets to 400, better chance of getting into the hall.
1: I, I think it's plus like 210 for Kenley. I think Kimbrell has a better shot. That's not bad. Plus 210 is not bad. But he's going to have the counting stats. It's just, is he going to be? I had no point thinking. I watched his whole career. I was never super afraid of him. And I feel like he choked in a lot of postseason.
0: The postseason part is definitely clear. And you know what it is? I think we think of Kimbrell as the better pitcher. Um, Kimbrell, eight both have a ring. Kimbrell eight-time All-Star, Kenley three-time all-star. When you look at the career numbers, though, Kenley 43 and 30, Kimbrell 43 and 37, ERA 249 for Kenley, 241 for Kimbrell. Game 780 to 726 in favor of Kimbrell. Kimbrell now has two more saves. He leads in innings pitched by 80 two more strikeouts, and actually has a better whip than Kimbrel, So it's just interesting. I mean, obviously, the Hall of Fame perception is everything. But it's just interesting where Kimbrel I think, was so dominant at the beginning. And then once he got traded from Atlanta, sort of fizzled out, where Kenley was just maybe not the high – not maybe not. Peak-wise, I would say not as great as Kimbrel, even though he did finish fifth in the Cy Young one year, but was just really good at it for a long time.
1: He's more Lee Smith.
0: I was going to say, he could definitely, I'd say is more Billy Wagner and Jansen is more Lee Smith. Yes. All right, I like that comp. We're going to move along now. Mentioned it earlier, Jordan Diaz. Uh, he had entered in that 10-5 loss to the Yankees Tuesday for the A's with a one home run and 89 career plate appearances. Triple that total by belting three home runs against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Youngest A with a three-homer game at 22 years and 269 days old since Mark McGuire. Big Mac. Always good to get the Big Mac in here. Love the Big Mac. All right, so I mentioned the new ace of the Texas Rangers, Nasty Nate, former Yank, Nate Evaldi. He was one out shy of going the distance for the second time in his past three starts for the Rangers, uh, but he extended his career best scoreless inning streak to 28 and two-thirds, which passed Zach Gowen for the longest the season. Uh, poor A's. We're just dumping on the A's right now.
1: <laughs> they do nothing.
0: That that, that, that they, they deserve it. They do nothing for themselves, although they did sign a land deal today. That's cool, but I have even gripes with that. Uh, they blanked the A's for nothing, and 33-year-old righty uh, joined Martin Perez and Charlie Hook as the only Rangers pitchers to record three consecutive outings of eight-plus shutout innings. 12 strikeouts allowed three hits. He joins Walter Johnson, Koufax, Bob Gibson, Oral Hershiser, Kershaw as the only pitchers with 25-plus scoreless innings and 25 strikeouts and three or fewer walks in a three-start span. It's now 5 and 2, two seven ERA. 56 strikeouts, 0.994 whip. Uh, With the Grom currently on the shelf, do you think there could be some sneaky value and Nate Evaldi at plus 4,000 on Bavada to win the Cy Young?
1: That's good value. Is he... He's. I mean, if, if the voting was today, would he win? No, I think
0: McClanahan probably wins. Would he be second? It's not inconceivable. I just I look at this and I think everyone's sleeping on Avaldi because as someone who has Shane Bieber in fantasy, they're ranked in the same tier. And, and this to me, like if you're actually watching the games, Evaldi has been so night and day better than Bieber. Bieber doesn't strike any guys out, which is not obviously a full need to win the Cy Young, but it's nice. Bieber just hasn't looked that great. So I don't know. Been, he hasn't given up a run. He doesn't give he doesn't give up runs anywhere. That's what yeah, you want. Thank you for simplifying it for me. All right, here's my new champion. I was at Mitch Keller's shutout last Monday. I love Mitch Keller. And yesterday against, and again, the shutout was against the Rockies, whatever. Yesterday he went out against an Orioles team, which is one of the best in baseball. Uh, and in a 4-0 victory on Mother's Day, Camden Yards, 13 strikeouts, no walks, seven score innings. It's the first time a Bucks pitcher has recorded that stat line in franchise history. ERA is now down into the two sevens. They reported this week there's been extension talks. This guy made some adjustments when he got demoted to the bullpen, and it does look like the Pirates now to go along with O'Neill, Cruz, Key Brian, and Brian Reynolds have that ace to build this team around. And uh, Mitch Keller, you're my guy now. Congratulations. I will be bringing up every week on the podcast, anytime you do something good, you were joining the ranks of Zach Allen, Marcus Simeon, and the artists formerly known as Albert Pools and Matt Harvey.
1: It's an honor to be there. So I cheer you is- on.
0: It's the most exclusive club in baseball, I think, outside of First Ballot Hall of Famers.
1: More exclusive. There's fewer. There are fewer. And not everybody makes the ballot. Everybody does show up in the league. More love for the
0: Bryce's. Uh, Bryce Miller, we mentioned him last week. Seven scores and a 5 nothing win against the Tigers. Um, and each of his first career starts, he has now gotten at least six innings while allowing one run or less. Three hits or fewer and one walk or fewer. And he's the only pitcher in baseball history to do that since 1901. And 19 innings through three starts, 0.47 ERA, 0.42 whip, 18 strikeouts, one walk. Uh, this to me might be the best three game sample size I've seen from any player to start their career, um, especially a pitcher, though. That's pretty electric stuff. It's really good. And
1: um, it's, yeah. It's a All of a rare. sudden you hear.
0: Get- Oh, I was going to say, you just took the words out of my mouth. Robbie, right? You kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, okay. This guy's better. Yeah. So far. Shout out to Zach Greinke. He joins Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, and Roger Clemens as the fifth pitcher in baseball history to strike out a 1,000 different batters. If Greinke sticks around this year, next year, he'll probably get to the 3,000 mark. I think we both agree Hall of Famer for Greinke. Um,
1: how many ballots do you think? Uh, it's at the over-under, him. 1.5 like he, like- he's got He's he might stick around too long and then have his whole uh, his ERA just balloon on him but he'd have a 10 year run when he was one of the best who do you vote in first him or CeCe
0: just because I think they're the same type of, of, of pitcher assuming Greinke gets a 3000
1: I I'd probably CeCe I just thought, but CC, CC carried a team of the World Series. Yep. No, that's
0: true. Shout out to Verlander. He became uh, the 21st pitcher in Major League Baseball history to beat all 30 teams. Another thing on his first bout, Hall of Fame resume, Mets beat the Reds 2-1 at Great American Ballpark. Seven innings of one-run ball for Verlander. Shout out to Fromberth. This was our pick of the week last week. Went up against Otani and balled out. 12 strikeouts, eight innings, one-run ball, and a 3-1 went against the Angels Tuesday night. Love the quality start machine. Shout out to the Marlins. Uh, last year, they almost made dubious history with 41 run losses, the most since the 75 Astros and three shy of the 68 White Sox for the live ball era. This week, with a 5 4 win Wednesday at Chase Field, they improved the 12 0 in run run games, surpassing the 72 Mets for the most consecutive wins in games decided by one run in AL NL history. Good crapshoot statistics for you.
1: Those, yeah, but sometimes those crapshoot statistics end up like carrying teams along,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Multi-homer games this week. Francisco Alvarez versus the Reds. Profar versus the Pirates. I was at that one. Solaire, your boy, versus the D-backs. Jake uh, Fraley versus the Marlins. And Rizzo and Aaron Judge versus the Rays. Good to see. The A-Brothers. Doesn't roll off the tongue so well. uh, Hitting for the Yankees.
1: The A-Brothers. It's getting
0: there. It makes sense
1: when...
0: You go into the A's, uh, who have reached an agreement to put their new ballpark on the site of the current Tropicana property along the Vegas Strip. Bally's Corp announced Monday that in conjunction with Gaming and Leisure Properties, Inc., it has reached a binding agreement with the A's for the site. 30,000-seat stadium projected to draw more than 2.5 million people a year. Uh, the previous estimates had the cost of the stadium of one point five billion, with $395 million in public financing. Under the agreement, they will set aside nine acres of the 35-acre panel at the Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana Ave. for the A's or related stadium authority. However, legislation must be approved for public financing and Major League Baseball must grant approval for the A's to leave Oakland. Um, the A's leaving Oakland part, I'm not worried about. They're going to get approval there. Uh, to me, can you can you do some math for me real quick? Mm-hmm. What's two and a half million uh, divided by 30,000? I guess it would be 81 games a year. I, I can answer my own question there. I just don't understand. I I think, look, it's great that they have a property on the Vegas Strip. From a tourism standpoint, I think that'll be great, and we'll get fans to the game. 30,000 seats has to be the small stadium in baseball, right?
1: That I can check.
0: I mean, Fenway comes to mind, but Fenway's at 37,000. What's Wrigley at?
1: The Oakland Coliseum has the biggest capacity in the league.
0: Wrigley's at 41,000. I just don't get how you're going to move a new city. And I, again, I'm sure there's obviously geographical restrictions here and other things at work, but how are you going to move into a new stadium in a new city and only build a 30,000 people stadium?
1: Progressive field is at 34,000.
0: All right, but that's still a couple thousand more, and that's in Cleveland. That That is a small market city. I think in Vegas you're trying to do it up. I, I don't know. This just seems weird to me that if you're going to make the move and spend all this money, that you're only going to allow for 30,000 fans a game. But
1: this is the A's we're talking about. It's the new Vegas A's who seem to have the same problem that the old Oakland A's have. It just doesn't make sense to me. They just don't have enough fans. But that doesn't seem right either. No,
0: I, I think the A's have a ton of. I think that is at at the end of the day, the saddest stuff with all saddest thing with all this stuff in Oakland is they do have a great loyal fan base. It's just at a certain point, why would you go to these fucking games? I get it. We've been lucky. We we have never had a truly terrible team in our lifetime. The worst team we've ever had for the Yanks is 84 wins. That would constitute one of the 10 best seasons of our lifetimes for the A's.
1: I mean, just go watch old Sports Center highlights when the Raiders move to Vegas. It's the
0: exact same commentary. You just mentioned the Raiders. And I think I said last week to you, at a minimum in our apartment, if not on the podcast, the idea that every Braves fan should buy Oakland A's jerseys and Yanks. Do you think every A's or just Oakland sports fan in general should just be burning shit from Vegas? Not even jerseys. Just like buy like a welcome to Vegas like keychain. Burn it.
1: Keychains burn easily. This
0: is the first thing that came to mind.
1: I, you could just get like a hard Vegas Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. Or
0: like what? I love Vegas and just torch it. Yeah
1: taking a lot from that city boycott fountains
0: boycott fountains they they have wildfires up there sometimes they need the fountains not anymore wildfires are nothing to joke about at all please don't make fun of wildfires very scary stuff all right i got a bit of a rant here because of the player that was involved with it it's one of my this was actually a rare moment in sports where one of my favorite players got into it with one of my least favorite players um, and this all happened yesterday. This happened during the Rockies 4-0 loss to the Phillies. Bryce Harper got ejected. Um, after- Rockies beat the Phillies. That is correct. Rockies won 4 nothing. Thank you for giving love to the Rockies. We're due. Um, where relief pitcher Jake Bird uh, of the Colorado Rock- Rockies.
1: Was- oh, you hate Jake Bird.
0: Was looking at the dugout, chirping Bryce Harper, um, pounding his glove, And Harper went absolutely catatonic after the game. He said, I understand getting fired up for an inning and stuff like that. But once you make it about a team or make it about yourself and any other team, that's when I've kind of got a problem with it. Uh, Harper had to be restrained by Rockies catchers, Elias Diaz. um, And then their third base coach, Dusty Wadden, prevented him from entering a group of players and coaches gathered near the first baseline. Why don't I like Jake Bird? Um, Jake Bird, you're a piece of shit. You cheated on one of my close friends in college. Uh, We don't like you to begin with. Only Bruin in the pros that I will not support. Uh, And even you can ask my dad when we were at the Pirates game. He was like, oh, that guy went to UCLA. I said, fuck him. Time to go. All that said, Harper, this might be the all-time Mike drop quote. Did you read the full quote? I did not. (laughs) And you're hearing it for the first time. Harper looks at Mike Moustakis, who's one of his friends, Looks at the Rockies and he goes, You're a fucking loser organization. Every single one of you. Keep in mind, Chris Bryant's one of Bryce Harper's best friends. He's also on the team. Mic drop. And you know what? He's right.
1: That's what you gotta like about Harper. When you're between the lines, there are no friends on the other team.
0: I, I mean, he not only dominated this scumbag relief pitcher, but he just looked at he just said it was he said what every Rockies fan are thinking. So we're talking about buying jerseys. Rockies fans, you should buy some Harper jerseys. Support him because he's saying what you have been meaning to try to say to the ownership for, for years and years. I love Bryce Harper. Keep it up, Bryce. Big week for Bryce's. Big week for the Bryce's. We've been talking about Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals' epic mismanagement. Guess who's catching for the Cardinals tonight after all that? Contreras. Wilson Contreras. So... um, there's 120 games left in the year, and given that they already reversed course on him catching a week and a half later, if that. I, I mean, we talked about this as a news item a week ago. Um, Bavada over under Wilson catches 60 more games. Or oh. if do a different Bavada over under the amount of times that they waver on this decision the rest of the season.
1: I think you ha- he's – Wilson is a good hitter for – he's a good hitter. He's a great – he's great for catcher. And his contract doesn't make a ton of sense unless he's playing catcher from a productivity standpoint. So I think you have to, at least for year one of the deal, ride him out behind the plate.
0: This whole thing is just, it's mismanaged. We said it last week. It's mismanagement from an organization that we're so unused to mismanaging anything. And it just seems like all they've done is mismanage things, at least publicly this year. It's unbelievable. Crazy times. They needed Albert. Uh, real, I just went on Wilson Gutierrez's baseball reference page. Uh, real quick, shout out to baseball reference for entering a new feature on every player's page, their stats the last five games. I like that. I like that. MLB.com has that as well. It's a nice little game log. Um, if, you ask me, if you ask me this biggest sign that the Mets have underachieved so far, uh, it's the fact that I'm even saying this out loud, but Gary Sanchez signed a
1: minorly deal with the Mets. Gary Sanchez could have – when he hits it, it goes far. He just has some of the worst strengths you'll ever see. Since so the start of the 2020
0: season, 195, 287, 395 slash line, 29.5% strikeout rate. Doesn't hit it off. Thank God the Yankees didn't give him big money early on to try to get ahead of the curve, like, you know, giving Severino money before he blew his elbow out repeatedly or – Giving Aaron Hicks seven years, at least we dodged. You know what, Cashman? Credit to you, we dodged a bullet with Gary, except for the fact that you then traded him for Josh Donaldson.
1: <laughs> I, I, I feel for Gary.
0: I like. I, I will be rooting for Gary Sanchez. I'd like. Look, he's a guy didn't do anything
1: outwardly bad for the Yankees. It just no, didn't. some guys needed to go. Yeah, that's that. That's it. That's it. it was. A, it was. It was a not. It's not you. It's me. So no way.
0: We're going to do injuries and then we'll end with uh, our movie review and tweets of the week. Uh, Braves, Kyle Freed is now on the 60 day injured list uh, due to his shoulder injury, but that's not even the worst moves for the Braves. Uh, Max Freed is on the minimum, the 15 day injured list due to a strained left forearm. Uh, no Tommy John surgery per the MRI, but they don't expect this to be a short-term absence, but we shut down while the forearm heals. And there's, while there's no concrete timeline, it'll be long enough. That'll need to be ba- built back up from scratch. Strider's a stud Strider's. Probably one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball right now. Charlie Morton flinging curveballs. The guy's going to do it until he's 100. But all that said, if you're a Braves fan, as great as the start's been and the lineup's incredible, are you a little nervous about the pitching staff
1: right now? Um, A little nervous, but I wouldn't. Not, not Nothing. No, I, if I'm an Atlanta fan, I'm pretty much coasting to October.
0: I just feel bad for Freed because we've talked about he's the one guy that the Braves haven't taken care of, despite how valuable he's been. I mean, this was the runner-up in the Cy Young last year. And the fact that he's now getting hurt when he's, you know, right on the border of free agency, uh, it's just a bummer. I like Max Freed a lot as a player, and I hope this isn't anything long-term given he's literally the only guy who's a young player in Atlanta who has not gotten the bag either from the Braves or somebody else in Dansby's case. He'll get it. Just got to keep it just healthy enough to get the bag. Um,
1: Colorado should sign him.
0: Jesus, I hope he doesn't go there. Drew Rasmussen, 60 day injured list with a flexor stream in, the, uh, in his right forearm. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future for the Rays. Jose Alvarado, inflammation in his left elbow, 15 day injured list for the Phillies. Tyler Maley, uh, Tommy Jackson.
1: He should walk out to Desperate.
0: Desperate, or I don't have anything clever to respond with. So, yes, it's a good rhyme. Tyler Maley, Tommy John surgery for the Twins. He's going to miss all of this year. He's going to be a free agent next year. He'll miss the portion of next season as well. Tough break for him. Nico Horner, 10-day injured list, left hamstring strain. Michael Branley, injured list with inflammation and a surgically repaired right shoulder. He shut down indefinitely. You think we've seen the last of Michael Brantley at this point?
1: It's time. To- yeah. Maybe he might like. Got a couple swings later is like going away at bat. He's a weird guy where
0: his career will, I mean, again, nothing like crazy, crazy, but five-time all-star finished third in MVP one year and was a really good to above average hitter on a lot of playoff teams. That's how I'm going to remember Michael Brantley, a good player on a lot of good teams. Yes you know, between Cleveland, Houston, a lot of good playoff runs there. Uh, CJ Crow, 10 day injured list with back spasms. Antonio sent injured list with a sprain in his throwing elbow. TJ Fridell on the injured list for the Reds, uh, with a left oblique strain, bringing up top prospect, Matt McLean, former Bruin go Bruins. Movie bandwagon. bandwagon. Oh, we we never left the Bruin bandwagon. Just, you know, Jake bird left the bandwagon when he decided to be a, uh, a dick dog, as we would call it in college. um, Let's do a quick movie review. It ain't over. I saw the Yogi Berra doc on Thursday night, had a whole theater to myself at Kipps Bay. I was propped up, had my feet off. I wish I had a beer really yeah. well. I had my feet off. I enjoyed it so much that I took my shoes and my feet off. Um, that's how much I was in a state of Zen. Great documentary. Um, and the whole genesis of the documentary is Lindsay Berra, sports writer, uh, Livingston High School graduate, in fact, Yogi's granddaughter. They were watching the 2015 All-Star Game. And they went to a fan vote on who the game's four greatest living players were. And it was Johnny Bench, Koufax, Aaron Mays. It's really, it's hard to argue with that list, but her whole thing was, where is my grandpa in this discussion? He has more rings than all of them combined. And is the only one with three MVPs there. Plus you factor in the coaching stuff. So the whole idea of the documentary is the concept of does Yogi, the baseball player almost get lost in the shovel because of Yogi, the person and the personality with, the yogi isms, this and that, and his coaching career. It's a great documentary. If you're a Yankee fan and a baseball fan in general, it's great. There's also a few guys who have passed on, you know, most big one that comes to mind, Vince Scully, we get to hear from in the documentary. So it's cool to see that. But then it got me thinking, we haven't done a build-a-team exercise in a while. Um, who would be the greatest living player at every position for us right now? Doesn't change a ton from my all-time team, but there are definitely some players. Um, like Joe Morgan would be mine at second, for instance. I usually go Gehrig at first. They're the two that come to mind for people who passed. Um, at a few positions, there's some Bovada locks for this. Like Johnny Bench, a catcher. I'm assuming we both have. <laughs> yep. But I'm interested to see how much our team differs otherwise. You said not too much, and I tend to agree.
1: Didn't look at that, We're, I expect a ton of overlap. Second base is the hardest one. For
0: me. First, Albert. I have Albert.
1: Second, I went Rod Carew. See, I put out Tube there, and I was that was the one where it's like, God, dude, who's good at second base? I just he's gone, he's done a lot, and he's been the heart and soul of quasi dynasty for the last seven years. Yeah, I, I went Carew, and I know he
0: played a lot of first, but he played almost 1,200 games in second. That to me was enough to say this guy won six or seven batting titles and an MVP, and, and he converted to Judaism on top of all of it. Um, Shortstop, did you go Cal Jeter or A Rod?
1: So I went Jeter and I went Schmidt at third, which I assume was a layup. Yeah, I'm, gonna, think,
0: I'm gonna do the same there. I,
1: I, I would, I think, I would say A Rod is probably better than both, but you just split time too much. So I couldn't put D.
0: Outfield, I have. Um, I'm gonna go Mays, Ricky, and Griffey in the outfield with Barry Bonds as my DH.
1: So I we outfield's very different. Okay. What maze? Wait, I had Mays. Okay. And I had Bonds. And then for me it was between Trout and Griffey in center. And I just put with Trout because I usually just rip on the guy. But he's really good at baseball.
0: Who would be your DH? A-Rod. Fair enough. Uh I have Yaz, Pete Rose, and Trout as my honorable mentions in the outfield. Nice. Starting pitchers, uh, Nolan. Did not have Nolan. I have Nolan, Koufax, Koufax, Clemens, Clemens, Maddox, Maddox, Randy Johnson, Randy Johnson. All right, so who is your non-Nolan? So my
1: non, my non-Nolan, I went with. I was deciding between the three active guys: Kershaw, Scherzer, Verlander. And I put Verlander on today. If you yeah. asked me yesterday, it could have been Scherzer. You asked me tomorrow, it could be Kershaw, but I went Verlander today. They're
0: three of my honorable mentions. Uh, I have the the three active guys: Pedro, uh, Steve Carlton, and Fergie Jenkins.
1: Problem with Nolan is he doesn't have any Cy
0: Youngs, and I want. I know it's just uh, the raw stats are just so dominant. It's tough to leave off Steve Carlton though, who has four Cy Youngs, three hundred wins, and four thousand strikeouts. Are we sure he's still alive? He's a 100- hundred. I double checked. He's still alive. Well,
1: maybe I should have given him more of a. But I felt for the Clemens unit, Maddox. You can't really, uh, yeah. So I guess can't really go wrong. Carlton just, I don't know. You like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Why, why do Carlton and Schmidt just get lost in the shuffle? These Phillies really greats. I don't think Schmidt gets
0: lost in the shuffle. I I, I do think when you look at these all time lists, um, the consent. I think Steve Carl or sorry Schmidt is a consensus of third. Carlton, I—I I mean, I guess maybe it's because he pitched for twenty-four years, and you know, the last couple of years were not pretty as you would expect from a forty to forty-three-year-old. But three hundred twenty-nine wins, three-two-two ERA, four thousand strikeouts, ten-time All-Star, four Cy Youngs, two rings. I—I I don't have an answer for the Steve Carlton thing. No, it's—is it
1: because he? I, it's a lot of Cy Youngs. And for whatever it's worth,
0: like, was supremely recognized by Hall of Fame voters 95.6. No,
1: he's his body of work speaks for itself. He just does, but nothing, no one else does.
0: And then, relief pitcher is the great Mariano Rivera.
1: Yep. All
0: right, let's move into tweets of the week. First tweet is from Optostats. Martin Maldonado of the Astros. First play in Moby history to homer off a former MVP and catch 10 strikeouts without allowing a walk in the same game.
1: It's lowest a very
0: stat. Um, I'm gonna go with uh Kershaw over Verlander because of this stat. At 248, Clayton Kershaw has the lowest career ERA of any starting pitcher since t- 1918.
1: That's so ridiculously low.
0: That's <laughs> comical.
1: For a career that's is that Jesus Christ, that's absurd.
0: Uh, This week in his start, seven innings pitched, eight Ks, no walks, uh, no more than a run. He did it for the third time this season. No other pitcher has done it more than once. Uh, Yaneer Cano, you're welcome for telling you to pick him up in fantasy. Uh, He has a whip of .16 and fourteen in appearances. That's the lowest whip of any MLB pitcher over a span of any fourteen appearances in the modern era.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he gets the closing job down there. I think he's,
0: unfortunately for you, just so valuable in the multi-inning role, and they have Bautista, that it's just, why ruin a good thing?
1: It's I, mean, I would imagine he's down the line, gets that closing. Oh, do, yeah. I, do I have to start thinking of him so far down the line? Like, is he on the keeper watch list for next year's fantasy
0: season? As an 11th round pick, I'm not sure, to be honest. Especially just because as good as he's been, that screams regression. Fair All right, I mentioned those four guys who had multi-homer games this week, or four of the guys, Francisco Alvarez, Jordan Diaz, Profar, and Soler. They're from Venezuela, Colombia, Curacao, and Cuba, respectively. And on May 10th, it was the first time in MLB history with multi-homer games from players born in four different countries on a single day, uh, with none of them being from the USA. It's
1: an international game.
0: Grow the game, baby. This is from Sarah Langs, uh, Casey Schmidt of the Giants. His eight hits were tied for the second most in a player's first three career games since 1901. He's the only shortstop in the modern era to begin his career with three straight multi-hit games. There's an extra base hit in each one. And he's the second MLB player since RBIs became an official stat in 1920 with eight hits, four ribbies, and four runs scored over their first three career games joining Joe DiMaggio. That's a good one. He, he also, I feel like, kind of gets lost in the shuffle of the time. Um, I think part of that is because he's even said, don't put me like when they did the uh, 75th anniversary team, they said, don't put, he said, don't, don't put me on the list unless you have me number one. So I think it's a combination of that. And he just a ton, lost a ton of years to the war. It's an all line. Don't put me on the list. Lost a ton of years to the war, but it wasn't like Ted Williams where he still played almost 20 years. I thought, Oh, I was
1: going to make a Ted Williams head joke
0: earlier today. You want to just get it in now, and then I'll bet. No,
1: it's not the same, but I was going to make some joke. Like, if you allowed Ted Williams' head as an active, as an alive person, then maybe he's in the all-time team.
0: Yuri Perez is the youngest player with seven strikeouts in his MLB, de- in his MLB debut since David Clyde 50 years ago in 1973. This is from Katie Sharp. Bryce, there's two teams this year with three pitchers with 30-plus innings pitch and a 5-5 ERA or higher. Can you name them? Neither is Oakland, believe it or
1: not. There's two? There's two. I mean it's Patrick Corbin and the Nationals? No. Uh the White Sox and the Cardinals?
0: The Detroit Tigers. Oh boy. And the Yankees. I was worried it was going to be the Yankees. I guess it's what Brito, Schmidt and That's Nester. right? Yeah. Jeez, that sucks. I hate Josh Naylor, but this is a cool stat. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday hit go-ahead home runs in the eighth inning or later each day. First player in the expansion era to do so in three straight games. Uh, some fun Mets stats. The second team in MLB history to win 100-plus games and then get shut out seven-plus times in the first 40 games of the season. Um, they were also the first MLB team this week to win a game 3-2 on the strength of a 3-RBI single since 1986.
1: The three RBI single, you don't see very often. No,
0: very hard to do. Um, this is uh, the first time since 2000 that the Red Sox lost back-to-back games after leading in the ninth inning. Sorry, Kenley. can't yeah. have it all, Kenley. Mickey Monaic is the first player in MLB history to make a season debut on his birthday and hit a leadoff home run. Good for him. Spencer Strider has now gone at, at least half of his outs via strikeout in each of his last 12 regular season starts. That's the longest streak by a pitcher in the modern era. Don't be too worried about it. This is from Super Seventies Sports. There's a picture of jo- uh, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, and Johnny Bench. How good were the Seventies Reds? The guy with the fewest MVPs trophy in this photo has the most hits of any player who ever fucking lived.
1: Seventies Reds were the uh, it's the big red machine. And last but
0: certainly not least, did I send you the ad that the Twins put up during the Padres Twins game this year or this week? I did send
1: that. That's good fun. Shout out to
0: the shout out to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Minnesota and fun, a city, something that we don't necessarily correlate, especially on this podcast. They put up a motorcycle injury ad during one of Fernando Tatis's at-bats. That was outstanding
1: stuff. That I mean, he's he's going to have to like laugh at himself the rest of his career or else it's going to be a really tough next 15 years for him. And I think he has owned it so far, to his credit.
0: Um, any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? I have a few.
1: Got a couple ones. It's pop culture. Go for it. Top culture number one, new Jonas Brothers album. I think it's okay. Don't go out of your way for it. Uh, there's some good ones, some bad ones. Uh, and second, big day today, sports illustrated swimsuit edition. The covers were released. Juno, and congratulations to the four women on the cover. Kim Petras, Martha Stewart, Brooks and and everybody's favorite, everyone our generation. I'd say she's probably if you ask hundred people in our era, first celebrity crush, you're probably getting 75 responses of Megan Fox. And she's on the cover. Um, we may have to buy
0: that. Shout out to Martha Stewart. I mean, the tweets of the week are all statistical based for the most part. Oldest cover girl in SI swimsuit issue history. It's a good day. Um, all right. My Things of the week. First thing will be NBA draft lottery tomorrow. Thunder
1: have no picks in the lottery or they do. We have the 12th best odds for, for Wendy.
0: Okay. I know you guys got a million. That's whose pick. Our pick. Oh, I forgot the plan. Okay.
1: Well, good luck. to the Thunder. I don't like that. The NBA does that, but that's a separate. I think the four play in teams should be removed from the lottery. So that's going to be my first
0: one. Uh, This is a PSA. Usually you're the one who does the safety PSAs. If you own a gun, don't parade with it on Instagram, especially if you're a very prominent professional athlete who has already been got caught already been caught with a gun once in a public setting, like two months ago. City of Memphis, figure this out, man. Get this guy's security team who pack heat for him. I'm it's not going to John- name names, but
1: Jesus, good lord, it's John Moran. Yeah, it's John Moran. He um he is, I think. To bring it back to baseball, if we're going to do this, he is the bad guy that people are trying to make Tatis out to me
0: Yeah, the, the main difference is Tatis, I don't condone cheating, but Tatis cheated and didn't even take like PEDs in the traditional sense. Uh, John Moran is a danger to himself and the people around him, it seems like. John,
1: John Moran is going to get – I think Bill, Bill Simmons tweeted it. I, th- I think it was Bill Simmons. He said something like, I've lost faith in all 96-hour rehab facilities in Florida. Good rewatchables tomorrow. I don't know I if know. you caught that. But the job, the Jot thing's bad. The Jot thing's scary. Just, you shouldn't own guns. You shouldn't have them outside. They're, it's irresponsible. He actually is crossing that line of someone I think needs help. From, like He needs to be away from basketball. Oh, 100%. Uh, not to
0: put you on the spot, any good plans for your visit to Colorado this weekend? Yeah, I wish everyone could see via Zoom right now the big shitting and grin on this guy's face.
1: Well, my I got you know, one of my best friends on the planet, David Hildebrand, shout out Brooklyn, uh, the bar right by Ball Arena. Um, he's working at he's working there for the Nuggets game. So he said, "Let me know when you're in. I'll hook it up for the fam." And uh, so I'm probably just gonna get fairly blasted. I have cousin Teddy. Already on a rampage, trying to get us out of the rehearsal dinner to go to Nuggets game two. Okay, so
0: that's that's what I was going to ask. I mean, is there any world where you're going to get to a Nuggets game? Because this is very fortuitous timing on your end. I mean, you're going to a conf- you're going to be in the city during the conference finals. We're
1: in Boulder. It's just going to be tough to bail on a rehearsal dinner.
0: Say you're sick and then just stay off social media to tie this John Moran thing into one giant circle. If
1: you're going to do something you're not supposed to do, don't go on social media with it. That would be, that's the, that's probably the more widespread. Thing. But no, it's also like these, these, this is a family wedding where I don't know anyone, And the only person I have on social media from the wedding is Teddy. The person I would theoretically be playing cookie with.
0: Yeah. This seems like all the more reason for you to skip the rehearsal dinner, but
1: I don't want to go to the fucking rehearsal dinner. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ali Jordan. I'm sure I, Ali, I've met you once before. You're, you're, you're a lovely relative. I, 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 I
0: genuine, genuine genuine follow-up having lived with you and then we'll wrap this up because we're going on a bit of a tangent i've lived with you for pretty close to a year now do you own a suit
1: did i go to h&m yesterday and buy one with my mom okay, mm-hmm. okay. so i answered my uncle qu- so my thinking was not that far off then
0: i have like it's, I you have the me. components of a suit but just not the matching part
1: yeah it's they're no match but you know like when do i leave the house like I guess for weddings in Colorado. I don't know. I'm technically
0: speaking Bryce. If the door, and this is how we'll wrap it up. If the front door shut,
1: you're not leaving the house at
0: all. And on that note with Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Medorski. This is the underdog sports baseball show. Have a great week.